Hi, I'm Roger Gonzalez. I'm the president of Los Amores Local Growers Cooperative, and we're here in beautiful and starting to become green more in New Mexico. We're here getting ready for our first uh, meeting of the growers for the spring growing season. Um, this is going to be our third full growing season. We were incorporated in October 2012. Um, I think uh, you guys came that first growing season here several years back. Uh, since then, the co-op has experienced tremendous success. Um, we've been able to train our farmers to recognize their entrepreneurial capacity and potential at meeting the needs of local food uh, throughout New Mexico. And so today's training this evening, we'll, this afternoon, we'll be talking about um, some of the market demands that we now have and the price points that they're offering us. Um, there's been a huge movement in New Mexico that we've been very um, grateful to be part of, uh, whether it be the Northern New Mexico Food Hub Project up in Española and helping uh, other rural communities recognize their potential throughout the state, whether it's been um, securing capital outlays to either support the consumption of New Mexico-grown fruit, fruits and vegetables uh, for schools and school children, um, whether it's um, supporting federal and state matches for Double Up Books with uh, the Farmers Market Association. Uh, and like I say, this is going to be the first year that our co-op is going to be to start talking about um, wealth creation and assets. Um, we're at that point now where we're learning how to aggregate. You know that it's always easy as a farmer, you, you understand companion planting, but you never understand how to work together as farmers. And I think our co-op has been very successful. And, and quite frankly, it's been very successful simply because we haven't had no federal investment, which is shocking when most legislators come to talk to us. It's like, how much money did you get? Nothing. Everything has been... Uh, invested by the farmers themselves and so I believe we're now at um, 22 productive farmers. Um, they each have their own enterprises, they each interface at different levels. Some are strictly vegetables, some are vegetables and fruits, some are strictly poultry and a combination thereof. So um, we actually have some meat producers that are joining the group now that want to start understanding value added and aggregation and so that's what we've been busy doing these last couple of years. <laughs> and so you know what one of the big things that we've had a conversation upon this last couple of sessions predominantly is genetically modified or genetically engineered seed stock. And um, it's always been a belief of our co-op that um, we don't necessarily know if regulation is the answer, but we believe education is the answer. And so we educate our producers and our farmers to understand um, the consequences, good, bad, or indifferent of the seed that they choose in, in, their, in their stock. Many of, our, many of our farmers are either organically certified or on the process of becoming organically certified. Um, and because we have a rich tradition of heirloom seeds here, um, many of us still have our heirloom stocks that we've passed on from generation to generation. I, my, myself, I have around nine generations of, um, we call them calabacita seed. It's a, a Spanish squash that we use here. Um, so that's all I plant in my, in my garden is an heirloom variety. And so we really try to show farmers uh, the importance of seed saving, seed saving techniques, um, how to make sure it's not cross-pollination naturally or um, through their own interaction for greenhouses. Uh, season extension has been a really big um, investment that our farmers have put here. And so you have to understand how to as naturally uh, support the pollination of seeds, good, bad, or indifferent. So like I say, it's, it's, it's a conversation that has to happen. You know, I think uh, people on both sides of, of the debate aren't truly recognizing that the one person who's missing from the conversation is small farmers. And small farmers have to be at the conversation, you know, as, as we rolled out our, our, our implementation of the cooperative model here in Mora, it was very clear that we didn't want to create an artificial subsidy to farmers because that's what happens too many times. Everyone says, give them some money, let's support them, then we walk, walk away and so does the farm. The farm collapses because there's no support. So that we were very intentional as to how we wanted to empower farmers so that regardless of there was an, if there was going to be or ever be in a federal investment, it was all gravy, not the meat and potatoes of the conversation. So 
um, you know, we really want to make sure, and we continue to advocate statewide that farmers are at the table. Farmers should be dictating what's needed, what's what's wanted. You know, whether whether it's federal investments through EQIP and NRCS, whether it's state investments for market sub subsidies for schools, farmers have to be integral to the conversation. And too many times, it's all the bureaucrats who who have time during the day to meet about policy conversations. They forget who are here. That's farmers. That's a that's the potential of local food creation in rural New Mexico. I mean, it's a $6 billion industry, and 93% of our consumption comes outside the borders of New Mexico. You want to revitalize communities, you want to, you want to help rural communities recognize their economic potential, and you want to help the state deal with the revenue crisis, it's going to be because local farmers, small-scale farmers, understand the potential of heirloom and organic production for the consum healthy consumption of food by their population in its region, and ultimately it has a statewide footprint. And so um, I've just been blessed to be part of these conversations, and my farmers have allowed me to continue passionately advocating what we need in, in our community in Mora.